We're literally debating that it's bad that people get to say what they think. Can you imagine? I'm reading Psalm 144 and it says, He trains my hands for war. We are on the brink of total destruction of America as we know it. Let your rebel flag fly. Welcome into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I am Scott Beeson. Today is a beautiful day. It's a Wednesday, the 13th day of September in the year of our Lord, 2023. I hope you've had a good morning, and I hope the last 21 hours have gone well as well. Sky Mosley is here. Yes, I am. Amy Beth Shaver is here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Allison Sinclair is here. Present. Present. Somebody's got to We're, we're all here. Sorry. And uh, we're ready to go. A lot of stuff to talk about today. This will be the last day that I'm here this week. <laughs> Leaving are the we, show. Are we, is this like where we weep and have gnashing of teeth? Look how happy Scott is, though. Because we won't. No, <laughs> he's not. Up, man. You know what no, Scott's going to do? Like, he's going to have the show by himself in the car all the way to Tampa. I know. Well, that's why they figured out a way for me to drive almost by myself. They've Are given you my, driving? I'm riding with, with my father-in-law. That'll be later, and he can't hear. So, <laughs> so you—that's what he tells you joy. anyway. Yeah. So I'm just of talking. Nine hours by yourself in the car. Where I'm always right. Are they Everything coming? I think is are they right. coming here? Are you going there to get them? And then you're. We leaving. all live in the same area. They live in our town. But so. see, that bothers me. It really bothers me that you have to circle back and go get them, and then you, you're backtracking, Scott. No, they it's, all live in the same place. It's 10 minutes. Uh, and they're coming. It's a, it's we're leaving, we're leaving this afternoon, I've made actually. that drive a Lori, lot. Lori is leaving um, the day, this morning. Is she, like, flying or driving? Driving. driving. So you have two cars down there. Mm-hmm. Scott, I hope that the list I prepared for you mm-hmm. um, is helpful, if only to keep you out of trouble. If it just had pictures. If you had just been able Scott, to send pictures of everything. I had pictures on there. That's what you keep they saying. They didn't but go through. Well, why, when, when, I said, when technology Allison, messes up what with I me, I'm the him. error. I gave him a Tampa mm-hmm. list, a, an eight-point list. No, there are yeah. there pictures. pictures. She's not lying. But when I do it, y'all say, he doesn't understand how to do computers. He doesn't understand Look, how to text. I'm sorry. He doesn't understand how Listen, to do social media. Scott, when y'all mess it up, it's like, oh, there must be some sort of uh, glitch in the system. Well, I just want you to have fun. That well, is the city that. where um, my car got stolen. And one time when my husband drove home from work, he had the sunroof open. He mm-hmm. worked for like three days straight and a bird mm-hmm. pooped on his head. <laughs> so so I, why do you say you have fond memories of here? Because the people, were awesome. the people were awesome. The people were Our nice. church home was awesome. Okay. And I had... You, you don't know, even know. It might have been a church uh, member that stole your car. Two girls and then a little boy. No, it was actually two boys, and it ended up in the hood. And uh, <laughs> they, uh, my down payment check was in that car. My kid's stroller, my video camera, everything that mattered to me was in that car. But you know what, Scott? Does it matter? It was okay. It was just because things. the people were great. The weather was awesome. You could run past alligators in the little lazing ponds that were throughout our mm-hmm. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I look back and I go, we really had an awesome time. And I really want y'all to, too. So and it's I don't one of those want things you to come happens home. with age. You it, forget it the bad with things age. and remember the well, good things. Well, in one of the restaurants I need you to go to, because apparently it's across from one of our friend's beach houses. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, as you do. As you as do, you darling. Do, yes. So, um, but it's a great beach day spot. Okay. If you go to the beach, because you can just like walk straight out and you can get fish tacos 
and burgers. That's what I'm talking about, some fish tacos. And I figured since you have young men with you, you might appreciate uh, a beach day. Yeah, You're oh, welcome, young yeah. men. Mac definitely wants a beach day. You're welcome. I think welcome. he thinks the chicks will still be out there. Oh, trust the me, they time. will. Because really? they're from the north, and if it's 60 degrees or above, <laughs> yeah. they're outside in their bathing suits. Yeah, but the north <laughs> girls makes... aren't very cute. Well, but with yeah, their bathing so suits often, on, they could be. They could have decent. Yeah, so physiques, send them to the beach and then take face, your good body. Then take your babylicious wider face oh, to we call but her face. No, everything's really great. Butter, <laughs> butter face. face. <laughs> I've never like heard that. Have you not? Butterface. I've never heard that ever. Well, you send them to the beach and then you and your wife go to Bush Gardens because Chris said go there. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to go to Bush Gardens. It's really fun. It's super fun. How fun would it be if I have to go by myself? Not fun. Really? No, it's actually very fun. He insisted that I include that on the That's list. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Good deal. There you go. And so I but don't know if the rest of the family's coming, if Keller will come. Stay. We don't know. I'm not sure we win when he comes. Don't come back until Monday because y'all will have won on Sunday night and loft that trophy <sighs> in the air. win Thursday. With your daughter who is unbelievable and talented. Well, thank you. And gives great interviews, by the way. She does a good job. She's, she's a little awesome. like her dad, though. She she's kind of like her dad. She puts X's in words that don't have X. Do you right? not? She says, especially. <laughs> and you said something the other day, and I was I'm like, sure I'm not going to make fun of you. I'm sure I, it was I chose not to. Illinois? That's, no. This one? It was probably, but it was some some word with a P in it. I was like, mm, there's not the a B. P. There's not a B in that word, Scott. Mm, that's probably You're going to say it again today. There's no doubt about well, it. Well, it's just I mean, something about you that people especially. remember, and it's funny. <laughs> So, anywho, we are hopeful for y'all, but there's a lot. There's a lot of news. Yeah, there's a lot of news today. What happened with the um, Al? You were telling people yesterday not to worry about going to a meeting at the Alabama Department of Public mm. Health. And well, actually, I was just asking if anybody had um, accurate information because we had a caller call in and say that it had been postponed to January 23rd. Mm -hmm. But the group that was putting out the emergency alert about the meeting and mm -hmm. about the changes did not amend their statements to say that the time or the place had changed. Okay. So I couldn't get any answers, even from all the people that pay attention. I couldn't find anything online. I actually went to, um, you can go to Open Meetings Act, Alabama, or Open Meetings. It's a, it's a website through the Secretary of State's office that will tell you where all these public hearings are for all the different departments. What I found mm -hmm. was the committee was supposed to meet tomorrow at 8 a.m. On the 14th? Yes. Okay. I found nothing about January 23rd. Or about today's meeting at 9. Well, then this morning, I started getting texts from people that are heading to the meeting in Montgomery at 9 o'clock today. Um, and I so spoke with the, the legislator. Meeting. And apparently, the meeting is this morning at 9 a.m. I'm trying to get someone to call in and give us an update because, of course, you can't watch it online. Mm. They don't want the public public to watch. You have to be there in person to see what happens. So I don't know. Part of me, the conspiracy thinker Thursday person's like, maybe all this disinformation was purposeful. So that fewer people would show up. Yes. Because we are led by a coward who loves power. So, of course, it seems that they don't want anybody to be there. I can't wait to hear about the updates and if their ideas pass. 
because that's going to be a real hard sell to the people of Alabama. Well, what people don't understand, though, is that all of these measures have been in place for years. This is nothing. Really, they mm-hmm. had this immense power from before right. COVID. It's just nobody right. was paying attention. Right. ADPH and Scott Harris responded and said they actually are rolling back some of the, um, mm-hmm. uh, what's it called? Not reporting, reporting requirements. Mm-hmm. I don't know which is true. I actually don't, I don't know. I'm curious what's going to come out of this public hearing and what they're trying to do. Cause I can't really tell, I've, which again, may be purposeful. I've been trying to think of a way that's easier for folks like me to envision how this ever happened. Cause I, I've said many times that yes, the department of public health had this quote unquote power but I don't think anyone ever envisioned them using this way. So let me try this one on you. So you've got a little boy. He's four, five, six years old. He really likes to help his dad in the workshop and all that kind of stuff. But he's bad to, you know, take the hammer and lose it somewhere. And then you got to try to find it or whatever. So for Christmas, his mom and dad give him a hammer. Okay? Okay. Which is giving the ADPH tremendous power they get we gave them a hammer years and years and years and years and years and years ago the little boy who's 5 or 6 can use the hammer to work on things with his dad maybe something is messed up on his bicycle or whatever he crashed his bicycle he's got a hammer out maybe the the handlebars are a little bit bent he uses the hammer for that And then one day you come home and he has busted out all the windows in the house. He has beat the hardwood floors to death. He has broken the toilet. I mean, he has just used the hammer everywhere. And then someone says, or he says, well, you gave me this power. Technically, you did give him the power to tear up everything and use the hammer incorrectly. You did. You gave him a hammer for Christmas. But you never expected him to use that hammer for all sorts of other things. And that's what the Alabama Department of Public Health did. They were given power to deal with like an individual circumstance where you show up at a place of work and all of a sudden you figure out that um, half the people now have tuberculosis. Or they have an outbreak of something in that business. And you're like, hey, look, we got a we got to quarantine this down. we got to shut this down. we got to figure out what's happening. Right. No one ever envisioned that they would go, all the state of Alabama, you must do these things. Now, I don't think anyone ever envisioned that when they gave the Department of Public Health a hammer decades and decades ago. Is, is that Does that kind of make sense? That is very accurate. And it is frightening what they are trying to do right now. But that is a great mm-hmm. Analogy. And now they're it's saying unrestrained power. They're saying, "Well, look, we're going to put a little felt cap like you'd put under the leg of some furniture. We're going to put that little felt cap on the front of our hammer. So we've backed off. Right? No, it's still going to break windows and all kinds of stuff. They might have to hit something three times instead of two times before it breaks. But that's what they're basically saying. Okay, we've gone way to the end with our hammer, but oh, we're backing off. You should be grateful that we're putting a little." little check on our hammer that we've we're still overusing well and remember this is what they're talking about this morning the new rule that they are discussing would require under the penalty of arrest imprisonment and fine 
every physician, dentist, nurse, medical examiner, hospital administrator, nursing home administrator, lab director, school principal, child care, Head Start director to report a positive COVID test or even presumed positive diagnosis without a test to the ADPH headquarters within 24 hours and include invasive personal information about you. And then they could require that these mandated health reporters submit more data about you, including vaccine status or private info about you, your family, and your children. How's your, day, how's your, how's what your daycare going to do that anyway? I mean, can you imagine? I mean, think about how out of control the um, foster care system is or the, what is it called, the juvenile when they come and they get your children. Child Protective child Services. Prote- okay, Child Protective Services. Like, I know we have a different name mm-hmm. in Alabama, but mm-hmm. can you imagine if it's just in relation to Head Start and presumed test and what it presumed can presume? Presumed is goofy. Like, that's not scientific, but can you imagine what it does to those parents? Like, it, 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 it invites this invasive, insidious control in areas where parents are just dropping their kids off for pre-K. Right. And they're going to take advantage of the people who could use it the most, but least can least afford it. They're, I mean, this is terrible. Well, my thing is, you're going to threaten the workers at the daycare? Yeah. At the preschool? So every little kid who has a cold, what, do you, what, do you, what are we doing? We're getting out a sheet. Johnny probably might possibly could have COVID. God Beeson. And send it in. You got to send every illness in, don't you? Because it says presumably. How do you tell? How do you tell when someone has the flu or the cold or or or, or COVID? No one knows. You just got to send it all. Are you going to start giving like daycare workers administering COVID tests to the three-year-olds just to see if they have COVID? Yeah. I mean, this oh, is why well, I have to report. These are mm. people who can't give COVID up. I mean, I understand people are still getting COVID. Strep is the big one right now. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of odd Very how many odd. people are getting getting strep. I, but, I guess. But these are people who are just looking for a reason to exist. We have more rules. We need to have more staff so we can process all the notes from the daycares and the elementary schools. Mm. It's, un, it's unbelievable. But uh, hey, at least they have a meeting in the middle of the workday so they can find out how many Alabamians work. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I am Scott Beeson. The ladies of liberty are here. So back to this the last thing. I, I know that super-duper professionals, national folks, they finish before the breaks. But we were talking about this ADPH meeting, <laughs> and, and we were saying how they've always, quote-unquote, had this power but no one envisioned it being used in such a way. And then the excuse is, well, you know, we've had this power. Well, here's, not, not, here's not my question really. about it. You know what I'm saying? It's who who wrote these rules? Somebody asked me that in a text thread that we're on this morning. Like, mm. who came up with these rules? Well, the weird thing about who it is, gave them. Ahead. Who gave the state health officer the idea of let's do it this way? Well, like if you look, all the yes, I mean. Not just the way it's set up, but but who came up with these rules and gave him this power? Was it that? Was it him? Was it the governor? I mean, that's the problem. Nobody knows. Where where did it go? Was it was it from Fauci? Was it from 
the CDC saying, like I'm literally saying that asking, all the states should have this power? Was it him and Mark Wilson and Mobile oh County, gosh, you know, that got the together past. and they were like, hey, <laughs> this is what we need to do. But, but this is the problem with not being accountable to the people. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about it. And you said that some of these guidelines say that if you if you don't if you don't report, uh, they always says report. You know, um, daycare workers, people at schools, doctors, everyone are required to report if they if somebody has COVID or think they yeah. had COVID or whatever. And we and we were saying how you know uh, the daycare worker, the preschool worker, better just send in a form for every sick kid. But but really, what they're saying, and they always say a report is that I go to jail. You're the daycare worker. I'm the daycare worker or the, the doctor. Maybe, you know, maybe we, you know, people don't want to give the doctors a pass, but I'm the daycare worker. I go to jail if I don't snitch on you. Yes. If I don't, if I don't tell them about you, you don't have to tell them, but I have to, I'm required to snitch on you or I go to jail. And can I go back because I was literally lost in terror for a second. Mm -hmm. I probably have listened to too many podcasts, Mm -hmm. but not only the daycare worker. We've heard horror stories from DHR and any other places, for example, in Tampa, Florida. Mm -hmm. Out of control doctors, out of control social workers who look for any reason to take children from their parents. Right. And so in an effort to keep this going and to maintain their power, who do they go after? They go after people who need the job so they'll snitch. Or the mom who has to drop her kid off and so she's got to go, but she comes in and her kid has COVID. Oh, let us help you take care of your child. Mm -hmm. Like it is a means to an end to maintain power and control, but I hate that they will use this on the people who can least afford to have it happen right. to them. That terrifies me. And that infuriates me. That it builds on that snitch policy and the, well, we mm-hmm. we know better than you do. Can't I mean, the, can't it's the, pathetic, can't really. Can't do-gooders just focus on their own selves? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Instead of having to figure out how to manipulate and manage everyone else. It's, it's a weird place we're in because for so many years I was told, well, you folks on the conservative side, you 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 don't want us to be able to, I don't know what it is. I'll just throw something in. I don't, you know, you don't want us to be able to do that. And I want to, and I want, you're always wanting to control me. And it's, and it's usually just two or three moral morality questions. And as we get more and more of the leftists in charge, the you just want to control me crowd wants to literally control your daily activities and have everything that you do reported mm-hmm. back to the government. And they want to know when you woke up, when you went to sleep, if you have COVID, when, where you crossed the road, how fast were you driving, what did you eat for lunch, were there too many calories, did you get a second thing of sweet tea, and, you know, have you have you got too many carbon emissions, how much fuel are you using, Are you do you have enough uh, insulation in your house, are your windows leaky, did you do this, did you do that, did you do this, did you do that, and they will put you in jail. For simply not telling them what they want to know. But my side is the oppressive side. But it goes back, I mean, what is so sinister about this is what you were talking about 
is it puts you as a daycare worker, just as an example, there are several other professions that are going to fall under this rule or do now to either go get your medical degree because you have to be accurately diagnosing these children that mm-hmm. are under your care. I don't worry about it. It's, cold. it's a cold. I'm no, in trouble, if right? it turns out to be COVID, you're going to jail. Mm-hmm. I mean, we it would is never so do that, Allison. We would never because that would be like giving them a hammer. I would say that's the goal. That's the goal. And isn't it sad that there are people that go to church with these men who are running roughshod around, running over us with their quest for power, that people we know would say, oh, but they're just so nice. They would never do anything like that. Mm. Like that bothers me. Because back in the day, we heard that Mark Wilson was such a nice man and to be trusted. And that Scott Harris is a really nice guy. Like, I go to church with him. He would never do anything like that. And the superintendents who just fell in line with whatever they said and didn't have an original thought in their head mm-hmm. and made us live with it. But they're so they're nice. They're such nice people, except for when they're making you do something completely wrong. Except when they're making you um, do things, make your children wear mask on their face that are helping them get sicker. Mm. That's not nice. And you don't get to say you're nice when you make people do things that are bad for them. And don't let them convince you that this, it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning. There probably are some very legit scenarios that the government needs to be able, like, what if there's some crazy person with Ebola that's going around licking doorknobs, but won't quarantine and won't. Okay. Right. but don't give us these blanket mm. abilities to, you know, quarantine and arrest the masses. Mm-hmm. Like, that should be dealt with on a one-on-one basis right. with some accountability with either the governor's office or whatever it is. So don't fall into the fact of the the idea that there, well, I mean, there are some right. instances where this right. is, this we really need this. Yeah. I have a tiny little bit of outrage to share with you on the other side. Maybe I'll share it right now. Do you know that the government owns the patents on all of the viruses from the last 25 years? Have you the seen government that? does? Have you seen that slide of mm. who owns the patent on Ebola, who owns COVID-19, mm. who owns the flu? Like, it's unbelievable. I'll find it. We got to take a break. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I'm Scott Beeson. The ladies of Liberty are here. Al and Ab, Sky Rizzy is with us as well. Let's get out to your phone calls. Red Top, welcome to the program. Happy Wednesday to you. Good morning. Man, we're about to have some fun. All right. Okay, let's do it. uh, First of all, let me say, Merry Christmas, Duke. We hadn't heard from him in a while, but damn, he's got a lot of explaining to do. Nobody in the major media or anywhere wanted to touch this, but last Thursday, here's this black chick. She looks like about 26 years old with two two-and-a-half-gallon cans of gasoline pouring it over the front of Martin Luther King's house in yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, we talked yeah. about it on Joey's show and, briefly. And, and just happens to be two Salt Lake City cops there. Uh, Thank goodness. Pull her ass down. And, uh, so nobody's been talking about this. And Duke, what is your, as Ricky Ricardo would say, what is your explanation? <laughs> I want to hear from the horse's damn mouth. Uh, he's got a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, where you been, Duke? Yeah, where have you been, dude? I, I propose, uh, Red Top, sweet. this might be one of those fake, uh, you know, racism crimes. Uh, you know, because if you burn down Martin Luther King's home, uh, 
it's, of course, it's going to be the Klan and neo-Nazis and all this kind of stuff. But uh, <laughs> no, crickets, nothing but crickets. This chick was for real. Her, she'd been gone for three days. Her parents didn't know where she was. And <laughs> and I, I thought I'd never live to see a damn day where a young black chick would be burned down Martin Luther King's house. Duke, what the hell you going to do about it? Roll tide, go Trump. Thanks, man. Did y'all see that story? Yeah, I did, but I mean, I I didn't see any follow-up, so I wasn't quite sure what the story was. Doesn't fit the narrative. I I haven't seen a story of follow-up either. Uh, Bill Chappell over at NPR had, uh, (laughs) I mean, you're right, Scott, but the, the headlines would be so different. But listen to this. Visitors to Martin Luther King Jr.'s birth home stop a woman. Oh, from setting me. fire to it. Yeah, she had the lighter in her hand, and the gas poured all over the. If if you, I know, wouldn't it be like woman caught on, you know, porch of the home with gasoline pouring gasoline on? But it starts with visitors to Martin Luther King. I mean, unless you unless you are willing to read the whole sentence of a headline, you don't even realize that somebody was go, trying to burn down his childhood home. Right, kind of buried the headline there. I mean, it's, it's, it is fascinating. Um, the scene had all the markings of a horrific tragedy. Mm. It really did. On Thursday, a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, woman. I, I see where you're going. I don't know why they're jumping to the conclusion of knowing her gender either. A person. Yeah. Emptied what looked like to be a large red can of gasoline. <laughs> Smelled like gas. <laughs> Might be gas. I mean, did she just not think anybody was going to see her? It was a terrible crime. I thought at first it might be a setup, you know, to how we... Well, they do those they do those hoax, fake, uh, hate crime things all the time. Right. And, and you and find out of, three weeks later that it was, you know, done by the person themselves. More and more, Does I somebody think she was just um, probably having some, some mental health problems. Uh, or start in the back of the house where passers-by can't see you. It's like a museum. Why are we automatically oh, saying she has mental health problems, Sky? <sighs> well, I, that's just my take on it, okay? I don't have any evidence. You're being for, very generous. For I, what reason? Thank you. <laughs> well, because I don't Because we don't say that with somebody else is going to... If it, Look, you know, if, if I went to burn down... My uh, house. Ab's house, a church in North Jefferson County... Nobody's going to go with the, well, Scott might have been having some mental health issues. Oh, no, it would be a... No, no, I'm absolutely awful, just automatic. Oh, they, they but, would smear you till there was nothing left but a little spot. Yeah. Two, two visitors from Utah who had come to see the historic site were watching the woman, and they acted quickly to save it, standing in her way when she tried to bring a lighter onto the porch. No, look. So hot. I mean, it could have been kerosene, but... <laughs> You know, you got to work a little bit to get kerosene. So I'm figuring it was gas. Was she going to die? I mean, once you light that lighter, you're gone. Yeah, gasoline could be like... Yeah. But, I mean, but, but what, regular people don't know that. She didn't even that, have you know? a stick in her hand to put yeah, the wasn't even flame long. on and <laughs> fling it on. I mean, like, she was nothing on about it made any sense. Nothing. No, that's exactly... <clears throat> we're we're going to find something out in a couple of weeks, guys. I'm, I'm just telling you. I mean, have we heard anything else about the house explosion in Arlington, Virginia? Mm. Nope. Nope. Things I mean, that make you go. We still mm. don't know what the Christmas, whatever, the RV that blew up in Nashville. So, good point. Way back a few Sinclair. years ago. 
Witness videos posted online showed a black woman, this is way down in the article, showed a black woman, later identified as Henderson, sloshing liquid from a red container onto the walls, windows, and ports of the King home. After she was detained by the off-duty officers, footage showed her being held down on the sidewalk. Mm. Listen to this. This is where we are, okay? This lady was going to burn down Martin Luther King Jr.'s childhood home. A woman standing next to Henderson. Apparently, she's being held down on the sidewalk. Are you comfortable? (laughs) Really? Henderson replies, the arsonist replies, I'm fine. That's good, because we were very concerned. Do you need a pillow? Can I get you a cup of water? But at least the Atlanta Fire Department was there. Atlanta Fire Battalion Chief Jerry De- Jerry Dayberry. That's not his name. It is, I promise. <laughs> J-E-R-R-Y-D-E-B-E-R-R-Y. Jerry. Jerry Dayberry. Okay. I want that name. That's kind of cool, a character's actually. Name. We need a- I'm Jerry <laughs> Dayberry. I'm here to help you. Okay, that's... Today, you need to read the... All right. The Jerry DeBerry. Jerry DeBerry. <laughs> it's going to take hours. Said that the woman through. had... <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Said that the woman had poured gas on the house. A hazmat team came to the house to mitigate the gasoline. How about you just get a what is hose? I don't know. My guess what is it's going to evaporate in just a little while. Well, that guy, he's a car auto mechanic. What does mitigate the gasoline? I, I used to do environmental consulting, and um, the best way to mitigate the gasoline was uh, let, it, let it evaporate. That's what they did, Sky. They, the fire department came and the hazmat team, and they uh, <sighs> mitigated the gasoline. Mitigated? In other mitigated. words, they did... Nothing. nothing. They let it evaporate without catching on fire. Well, that's a fancy word for this do nothing. This is how I you do that. it, though. This is government. People mm-hmm. have to understand it's government. <laughs> how many people what did you do today? To I, mitigate I mitigated prices. all sorts of conundrums that I had encountered <laughs> during the day. I mean, you guys. That's great. How likely was it that there were, like, retired cops nearby? And that like is I, weird. Like, I... Like, oh, I can't figure out what it just doesn't make any it sense was retired at all. cops from uh, Utah. Possible off duty. One of them remember. says New, New York, Utah, uh, Utah. Yeah, it said Utah to start with, but then it says the officers found two what we believe to be off duty NYPD officers who'd been visiting the center that had the individual. So apparently, the Utah people saw them, right? And then the off duty New York Police Department officers. Detained them. Fortunately. Oh, so the Utah people weren't police officers. No, they were just no, no, they, they just were just good Mormons on a visit. Yes. <laughs> okay. They were riding by on Got a bicycle it. on their bicycles. <laughs> and they oh, were. Oh, you well, do? Talk like, the morning. Hello. Can we talk with you? They did not realize. Yeah, there was nobody there. <laughs> but a good gift shop. And they thought they are faking it again. I know they're in there. And then the lady comes up and starts trying to set the house on fire. And they're like, hello. Cheerio. Hello. (laughs) Move out the way. Get your bicycles. If you don't move these bicycles, I'll burn them too. Dang. Ah, well, at least there was no damage. It was all mitigated. Jerry DeBerry did say if the witness hadn't been here and interrupted what she was doing, I mean, it could have been a matter of seconds. 
before the whole house was engulfed in flames. Mm. Have y'all ever thought... That's such a r a n d We gotta、thought. take a break. We'll be back. We'll be back. Or we are back. We're, 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 we're back, back now. <laughs> now. That was quick. <laughs> wow. We are back. Welcome to the program, Alabama、working. Unfiltered Radio. Let's get, to,、uh, let's get to your calls. We got a lot of folks out here. Joe, welcome to the program. I hope you're well. Yeah,、uh, this thing about the、uh, COVID reporting thing, whether it's、yes. local, state, national, or out the UN, who knows?、This、oh, there's no, there's no telling where the idea comes from. You're right. Yeah, this is dangerous. This is citizens, the penalty of law, having to report other citizens.、Mm-hmm. Now, I'm,、uh, I, I, I'm of the baby generation. I'm not of the World War II generation. I'm of the baby boomer generation. But I grew up with enough people who let us know of what was going on over in Nazi Germany. This stuff happened over there like this, where they had the people scared to death, and they were imprisoned them in internment camps if they didn't do、mm-hmm. what they were told to do. By turning in their fellow citizens. This must be resisted. Well, that's one of the things、um, that, that people forget, Joe, is we like to sit over in the United States and, and, and we really love to pass judgment on other people, especially his, people in history. And, and we do the whole, you know, well, I just don't understand why Germans who claim to be good people just let all these things happen.、Um, It wasn't like there wasn't going to be retribution. You know, if you were the person going against the system, you were likely to get it, get to be in trouble, imprisoned, or sent to the camps along with everybody else. So even if you disagreed with it, it wasn't like you could go down the road and protest and they would go, oh my gosh, they're protesting.、Uh, I guess we should stop. That's not the way it worked. No, I mean, and think about it's exactly like what's happening right now. There are people that, That's when you're faced with imprisonment and you know, retaliation from the Stasi. There are people now that won't speak up just because they don't want to get called a bad person.、Mm. Right. You would have been. They may be unfriended、right、on Facebook. Yes.、Oh, they can't handle it.、Mm. This is national socialism right now. Yep. Right. Do we want what they had? No, we don't. I agree with you. Great point, man. Great point. What do we do? What do we do? <sighs> You got to、uh, speak we, up. We, we, we have, number one, have our own elected officials locally. We're talking about fixing our problems on a state level. Our state legislature has to rein all this stuff in. And when, when their argument is, well, what happens? I know, I get it, but we haven't, we haven't, let, our voice, we haven't let our voices be known to them yet. And that is the proper way at this point in time. Our magistrates have to do.、Mm. What is right? Now, I, I don't want to. I know. But on these airways, I can't not discuss where you have to go to fix some of these things someday in the future. But if the people don't do something, we're going to have no national socialism right here like we never wanted. I agree. And you, and, you don't, and, and you don't come back. Countries、right. very, very rarely come back from socialism. That's right. I will say, Joe, there is a small group of people that are actively speaking out, that are engaged, that are going to the meetings, that are talking to legislators, that are doing all the things. But I will say they are getting tired of standing on their own. And if the people, just the average everyday Alabamian that just wants to put food on the table and spend time with their family, if they don't wake up and get involved, 
it's just nothing's going to change, and we're going exactly where you're saying. So the normal people by the government because they yes. do the right thing. Yes, you right. wake up. You got it. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you, buddy. Good point. Okay. This is the way legislators think, a lot of them, because I've I've told y'all before, many of them are not driven by philosophy. They're not necessarily deep thinkers. They don't have discussions about the Constitution and and biblical principles and, and rights being given, you know, given to us by God, natural law. They, they just don't think about those things. And the way they look at it is there is a force over here who wants to do something. Take more of your rights away. They force you to snitch on other people. Do do what the Department of Public Health wants to do. And if, and if not enough people contact them and say, hey, this is wrong. Do not do this. They take that as, um, okay, we're good with it. Yep. That's, that's just the way they see it. I've heard that a million times. They're not going to stamp that out just because it's the right thing to do. Welcome into the program, everybody. This is the second half of Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I am Scott Beeson. Amy Beth Shaver is here. So is Allison Sinclair. And we have a special guest on, a United States Senator from the state of Alabama, Tommy Tuberville. Senator, how are you this morning? I hope you are doing well. Merry Christmas to everybody. Doing fine. Got beautiful cold weather up here in D.C. Uh, not a cloud in the sky, but it is a little brisk. Yeah, that's one of the problems with D.C. It's it's just yucky cold. I mean, I know people well, like it, Tommy, yeah. our senator, but uh, <laughs> yuck. <laughs> well, you know, we're on top of a, a hill, you know, Capitol Hill, obviously, and the wind blows all the time, and so it's hard to go outside in a in a 30-degree day, but, uh, you know, we had Hunter Biden just came up on the hill for a few minutes and then went home, said he just, he just not going to testify. I wouldn't either if I'd have stole all that money. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did he officially plead the fifth? I'm always fascinated when they have to say, quote, I plead the fifth. You know, I, I really didn't hear. We, we had some people in there from Tuscaloosa in my office, and I didn't get to hear a little five-minute talk, but... Uh, he, his appearance, he's looked like he's gained weight. They must have had him, had him on rehab for a while and, uh, <laughs> and and got him straightened out. But what a mess this guy's been. A total disaster for his whole family. And really, it's it's bled over to our country with all the, you know, the corruption that's going on within the family. And, and of course, they've got him dead to rights. They just, uh, I don't know whether they want to, you can't impeach him because it's not going to go through the Senate because the Senate right. will never bring it up. But uh, they need right. to bring out all the information because if he's going to run for president, the people across this country need to know what the heck they've done and, and why they've done it. I agree with you completely. And it's a sad state that the United States Senate is, can't see to vote to impeach someone for clear criminal activity, influence peddling. I mean, there's just, just no way around it. But, hey, they, they, uh, they circle the wagons to defend their own. That's for sure. Yeah. They really do. And, of course, they put President Trump through that Russia hoax, you know, for four years. And then not just President Trump, but the whole country had to listen to these liars in the background. You, you should see the stuff that they've pushed from Hillary Clinton to Obama to now now Biden. You know, they what all they do up here is they cover up their unlawfulness and try to stay out of harm's way and blame everything else on somebody else. It is absolute. They got a scam going and it's worked pretty good for them. Yeah, it's been it's been, been very profitable, no doubt. Coach, speaking of messes on Capitol Hill, yesterday President Zelensky 
was uh, visiting the Senate. I saw a photo of him and Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer just walking out, all look like besties through the Capitol. Did he meet with senators? Did y'all have a closed door meeting? Whatever happened with that? And then I have another kind of personal question that you might not want to answer, but I'm going to have to ask after you answer that yeah. one. Yeah, no, you know, he, he came over and met with the senators, the ones that wanted to show up. I'm, I'm, I would imagine we didn't have a, a 100% participation rate, but he came in and talked about all the people that they've lost, been killed, and and that they really need our help. And, you know, I kind of, I, we, we all feel sorry for Ukraine, okay? You know, we're, we're against the big bully. Everybody's against the big bully. But I went over right before the war started now and sat down with Zelensky and, uh, he was telling me about, you know, they've been fighting for years just on their borders. But unless we come over and help them and show Russia that we're going to uh, do some things to keep Russia at bay, uh, then they're going to they're going to invade. And it wasn't three months later. We came back, obviously, told the White House, but they didn't care. They, you know, they wanted uh, Putin to come in, but it, it wasn't an all out invasion, you know, they only brought 90,000 troops. To, to take a country like Ukraine, it had to brought 2 million. But uh, the, the hoax that people keep pushing up here is that they're going to continue, once they take Ukraine, they're going to continue all the way through NATO, which is the, number one, they can't even take Ukraine. And how in the world they think they're going to take note of it? It's all a hoax of what they're trying to do. It's just a money grab. And listen, I'm for building our military up, spending our money on our military, not somebody else's. I agree. But, Coach, here's what I have to ask, and I don't know if you'll want to admit this, but I think it's necessary that you see this footage, if you haven't, in case it comes up for another vote. But (laughs) have you seen Zelensky dancing shirtless in tight leather pants and high heels? Because I think that would be a good visual if you want to send more money to Ukraine, that you have to think that that is who you're giving the money to. You know, I have not seen that. Uh, uh, I can get I mean, it to it you was, if you need to watch it. Yeah. It, Maybe uh, pass it around. You know, you got to remember now that the, the guy was a a comedian. I mean, that was, that was his job. And, and back in 2014, uh, they had a president of the country that the United States of America helped overthrow. Don't you think about that? In 2014, when Obama was president, they ran a elected president out of office and placed this guy in office uh, backed by the United States of America. There is a lot that has gone into this thing. And the United States of America and the government and the, and the people behind the scenes are really at fault in a lot of things that are going on. It's been a coup all the way. And, and again, it's, uh, it, it gets very technical when you get down into the weeds with everything that goes on up here. But if you really dig deep down, you're going to find our CIA, uh, our military, uh, our our deep uh, 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 state politicians behind all this stuff. And it's really it's a scary proposition. And a lot of them right now are trying to cover their tracks. I'm guessing there's a reason they put an actor in as president, because that's essentially what he is. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you. You know, I've talked to him several times. I didn't get a chance to visit with him yesterday. He was, he was a little bit busy begging for money. But he is, uh, uh, you know, he, he's just a, a guy basically from off the street that had a, another type of job, and they threw him in there. And 
what, what I'm disappointed with is they're not having any more elections, so they're really not a democracy. They've canceled elections. They've pretty much turned off their state media. They won't allow media to really report the truth. And when's the last time you saw a picture on national television of fighting between Russia and Ukraine? You hadn't seen it. I mean, it's not there. Now, right. we've, we've seen Israel and Hamas, but you've not seen anything with Ukraine. There's a lot of strange things that are going on right now, and and uh, we're, we try to stay on top of it. But they, these Democrats, you know, they're they're so corrupt. You know, you just don't know how far they'd go. Right. No, I agree with you, Senator. I know you've got to go in just a second. One last question: um, You had made your stand when it came to the military and the promotions, and, and making sure that the Department of Defense follows the law because they were spending money to facilitate uh, troops going to have abortions, and um, and you took that stand, uh, a stand that I agreed with. Can you tell me pretty quickly why you decided to stand down on that, and are, 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 is your position going to win out? I, I'm just having a hard time understanding. I thought there was a, an agreement in place, and you're like, okay, fine, we've got an agreement, I'll stand down, and, and hey, y'all do y'all's part. And I've had that happen to me before, and it didn't go well. Um, where are you with this? What happened? Just as quick as you can. I know you got to go. Yeah, well, well, the big thing is that we did it because of executive overreach and because of, uh, you know, taxpayer money going funding, as you said, facilitate abortion, and, right. and which is against the law. So we held all these, these uh, promotions. I thought it would last about a month, and... We'd get some kind of negotiation. That's what you're supposed to do. They could care less. They didn't want these people promoted. They don't. Democrats don't like military. Now they like wars for some reason. Now I, I guess it's because anything to spend money. They like wars. They don't like our military, nor do they like life. You know, they they do. They cannot stand the unborn uh, because they want to depopulate. So uh, it, it's just amazing to me how all this has gone. Then after about 11 months, I couldn't get anybody to to sit down with me. We thought we had it in the NDAA, but Senator Schumer broke the rules and pulled it out of the NDAA. So at the end of the day, what happened to me, though, was Republicans and my and my side decided it's time to get this over. They were going to vote with the Democrats to change the rules to, to circumvent what I was doing. And so it was mm-hmm. over. I mean, I, I had no chance to win. I mean, it, when you got your people that's turned against you, then you got huge problems. And I had a, a good dozen of them said, we're we're going to vote against you, Coach. Uh, you know, we're going to get this done. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's what happens up here. That's just what happens. Yeah, it's bad. And, and, and look, you know, I understand. Uh, next time, though, my only advice is someone who's kind of been through that same kind of thing is make those sorry dogs vote against you so mm. we all know who they are. Mm. We could but, guess now, but, but, I, but I have under, them on But record. I understand completely. But, man, what a bunch of turkeys. Yeah, yeah. It's just that's the reason. If, if you look at the Democrats, they all get in a row like little ducklings, you know, and they follow the leader, and they they never get off path. Up here, uh, you don't know whether you're dealing with uh, uh, somebody that's uh, for you or against you in the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, it didn't. It took me didn't take me long to figure that out. But this this didn't. You know, we we proved our point that we're going to yes. fight, and we've got a lot of good fighters up here for for uh, pro-life, but we also have some people that are Republicans that are not pro-life, and we mm. just found that out. Yeah. Yep. Y'all got a bunch of Republicans are really Democrats, and 
that's just the way it is. And some of these states need to do do a better job. <laughs> yeah, well, you call them, you call them rhinos for a reason. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Senator, we appreciate it, buddy. Thank you so much. And uh, we appreciate you spending time with us. And we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry, 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 Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Senator Tommy Tuberville. It's a, Washington is a, <laughs> as bad as Montgomery was or is. Washington's probably worse. I mean, I say that. I don't. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you get the same amount of people who are, are really on the other side, and 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 I understand what the senator's saying. And we talked about it that day. We we're trying to figure out what was going on, and we said. We we guarantee that there's a bunch of them who say we'll 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 just run you over we'll mm-hmm. we'll vote to to run you over mm-hmm. and um, and I said that day he should have made them run him over. I I love that idea and I wish that it had happened. Mm-hmm. But you but yeah. you but you have to learn it. I mean Senator Tuberville, yeah. to his credit, he's trying to do the right things. Right. And he's taking the stands and you have to have you've got to go through that a few times. Before you realize, okay, next yeah. time I will make you pay. You're making me pay. I'm being the ni- I'm being the nice guy. I'm being the reasonable guy, and you're making me take the brunt. No, you go ahead and take that stand, Mitt Romney or whoever it is. Y'all go do that. Run me over. Show everybody who you are. And um, and it, it takes a little while to get it. I made a number of handshake deals. I had the power. I had it right where I wanted it. And they were like, good, surrender, uncle, uncle, we'll do it. And I'm like, great, handshake. And then they stab you in the back. Mm. As soon as you don't have them held anymore, they stab you in the back. And it, and it took a few times for me to realize, oh, no, when I have it, we're going to. And then I still, you know, Common Core. I had Common mm. Core d- d- just, <clears throat> I had it. And now what are we? Twelve. 12%. Twelve years into it, and I had it right there. It just hurts. also had pre-K. Oh, right there. Yeah. yeah, it hurts when it's from your own family. I think we it's expect it from the terrible enemy. feeling. Mm-hmm. But when your own side won't, again, I've said it a million times. Mike Lee, Barry Moore. Mm-hmm. Mike Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Barry That's Moore. That's all I can come and up then with. There was that, um, Barry Moore. And, oh, and, and, um, and um, Lee, comma, Mike. <laughs> I mean, just, that's it. Those it are the really only is. people, and it is so sad that more of our senators, mm-hmm. basically half are Republicans, mm-hmm. that cannot stand up for life. Yeah. But, but see, this was a great deal for them, though, because they could go, I don't know, I don't even know. Be, no, that's not it. This is it. <laughs> but I'm for the military. <clears throat> I am pro-military. I must do all for the military. <laughs> That's what they did. It's yeah. true. You will murder babies for the military. Right. Got it. But they were able to hide behind the military. So you yeah. go murder some more people, just Ooh. not here. Yikes. Murder other people's babies. We're going to take a break. Welcome back to you, Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I'm your host. Hey, I've never been able to say that. I'm your host, Allison Sinclair. Scott Beeson's here, but he's eating a donut. And Amy Beth Shaver is with us as well. Sky is looking confused. But we're practicing for when the men leave us. <laughs> and it's just the women who are in the studio. Because, you know, if it's just women, it might all fall apart. So I had to practice coming back in. Of course, Scott won't let me hit the buttons. He says I'm not ready for that. <laughs> 
You got to work up. Work let's up go that. out to your calls. Eric the dog has been patiently waiting for 44 minutes and two seconds. Holy cow. What's up, Eric? My blood pressure. Ah. <laughs> that was good. Is it, you've been watching Zelensky dance? Who? Is that it? No. Ever since I saw that dude play the piano, I'm not impressed. What do you mean he plays? Did you see the black leather, uh, the black leather dance that's uh, supposed to be comedic? But I do have questions. Uh, like I don't know any red-blooded men who can dance in I mean, elevated stilettos. It's like abs. Yeah. You know stilettos? Those are like legit. They're like four-inch pinpoint. The, they're they're like six or seven inches. Yeah, because they've got like so. three or four yeah. inches under the balls of their feet. They're platform balls the of the feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of dancing <laughs> in those shoes. And they're very good at it. They're very comfortable in those shoes. Oddly, uh, you know, so. You got to be comfortable in your own skin. One thing you got to keep in mind, guys, is you know this guy isn't is um he's not as brazen as that guy out of New York that will just say he's a a drag queen. And I mean, you know, George Santos. That guy, yeah, that guy. He's my hero. You know, at least, at least he's honest about being dishonest. <laughs> he's kicked out. Of, he's honest about being dishonest. Yeah. Well, I mean, if somebody tells you who they are, believe them. Right. I mean, you know. And speaking of which, Red Top, my favorite guy. That guy out there. I just want everybody to know he does not speak for the white race. Uh, just, just putting that out there. Any more than Duke speaks for the entire black race. Uh, right, Amy. What did Red Top say today that set you off? I'm just, you know, this guy. This is what I, this. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter because you know he just calls and chastises y'all like y'all are morons. But I realize what he's doing, and I, I think it's it's a. Uh, I have been looking at his calls the wrong way. Um, apparently, y'all are Marcus Aurelius, and that's the guy you hired to keep y'all humble. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think it would take you this long to figure that out. Okay. Eric. Well, I'm not as bright as I look. No, yeah. <laughs> no words there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anybody who knows you know, who Marcus Aurelius is is pretty much a genius. Wow. Oh well, not me. I have the Googles, but I did. I did learn it from a movie, which I learned a lot of stuff from movies, and then it piques my curiosity. Which all this political stuff, I got tired of listening to it because uh, it's all the same stuff. You know, politicians want more money. They're dishonest about where it's going. They go in poor, come out rich. It's a racket, and we're paying for it, and we are. Quite literally, they're slaves. They take money from us without asking. They spend it on what they want to. They tell us what we can have. They allow us what it is we're allowed to have. They let us have what rights we want to have. They want us to have. They do to us what they want to do. They can incarcerate you, persecute you, uh, take you through the judicial system until it suits their needs, or they get the result they want. And we're just we're just peons here, giving them the money to do it. They they hold us down with our own money. And it, I'm, it's sickening. So what I did to cheer myself up is I started learning about the Constitution and the forefathers and just American history in general and some world history and, and how other people thought. And, you know, there's a lot of this in world history. If you go back and look at it, a lot of this stuff has happened before. So, you know, those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. Well, those morons we got up there in the state house, uh, they need to give them a book out. Because this, this is ridiculous. I mean, it's, so historically, what do, what should the people do? Like, what do we do? How do we reverse course? 
reverse course? Oh, that's easy. We nineteen seventy six him, or we seventeen seventy six him again. That that's what changed the course of the other stuff because they they sent representatives. They asked them nicely to not tax us without representation. They were denied representation. What else do you do? They wrote I, I that, don't know. They wrote that stuff down and sent it to them, and the guy in charge, one guy in charge, read it and said, "Nah, I like it like this." What do you do? What recourse do you have? Hearing your voice, yeah, and they, and they asked great. multiple times. So it wasn't yeah. like once. They had to make sure it was completely written down and then um, hammered out. And then that's why they had the Declaration of Independence, which said, hey, look, we don't want anybody to get this wrong. We've asked. We petitioned. Here's what they've done. Put it in the record. These are grievances. You know, yep. you're treating us like English citizens. English citizens have representation. So you can't have it both ways, the duality of that. And, you know, I was... About two weeks younger, when I, I actually figured out, I thought we gained our our independence in 1776. And I didn't realize it was like till 1782 when the war was actually over with. Mm-hmm. I, did, I that never dawned on me. I thought that was the day we were doing firecrackers and all that stuff, but that ain't when it all ended. So, right. In my estimation, we 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 celebrate July 4th on the we 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 celebrate Independence Day on the wrong day. I got you. You might be right. But we didn't Anybody have a cool document on the day the war ended. Well, they back, they've been backdating stuff for a while. What's it, the backdating stuff? <laughs> 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 I'm going to post-date this check. Y'all hold on to it now. Here, I'm good for it. I promise you. <laughs> yep. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. That reminds me. If you've been enjoying mm, this radio program <laughs> from 1819, you want to contribute to keep these good people doing their job. <laughs> Reporting on what's true and right in the state of Alabama. You, you donate to these people and get a subscription. You get some extra content. And uh, you ain't got nothing. We'll put some money on it and see what we can't do with it. Or put some gas in it and get them out of there. You know what I mean? All right, y'all. I like to end this call by saying adios. Adios. Bye bye. Jerry DeBerry, ladies and gentlemen. Jerry DeBerry. Eric, Eric the Ducks uh, do back at the nervous hospital, so. That, boy, that's good. Was good. So apparently, Marcus Aurelius. Um, had an assistant whose only role, there's a couple of different stories, but one is he would follow behind him. And when people were saying, you're awesome, you're great, you're great. His, his job was to say, whisper in his ear, you're just a man. You're just a man. Boy. Mm. Boy, we could use some of that with our congressmen, our senators. Our football coaches. Mm. A lot of folks. Mm. You're just a man. I love that. Because it, I mean, it does. It gets to people. Some people, it really, really <laughs> gets them. <laughs> you know what? what? That is awesome. We can't, we can't talk about the story, but when I said yesterday that God does that to me and Amy Beth just to keep us humble. Remember that story, Abs? <laughs> Sometimes yeah. we don't need a Marcus. We just have God. Yeah. Keep taking care of it. And my wife. Yeah. That's pretty much that's it. We gotta take a break. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I'm Scott Beeson. The ladies of Liberty are here as well. Starting off the third half of the show. We've got another special guest with us today. Big day today. We had Tommy Senator Tommy Tuberville Tubbs. on earlier. Tubbs as Al likes to call him. And um and now we have Jared Hudson, who is Jared. 
welcome to the program. I'm trying to. You're gonna have to give me a little, little like a. You know, what do I say? Who you are? What your yeah, we don't, we don't really know. Is. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, just uh, nobody cares. No, you don't. Know, it's some sort of pseudo title. Nobody cares. Yeah, nobody yeah, cares. Just say, uh, I guess I'm the CEO of Covenant Rescue Group. And that that of, sounds uh, good. My company, the shooting. Okay. That sounds real professional. I like that. It's the CEO very of the fancy. Covenant Rescue. Very fancy. Yeah, yeah, I like it. He doesn't I, eat donuts. He doesn't, oh, even no. though he even we are. It. I don't put that in my body. He said it with disdain, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah. But it's okay. I don't eat donuts <laughs> like you regular people do. Yeah, no, I'm not a standard cop. <laughs> we standard love donuts. I mean, that's how it kind of goes around here. Not a standard here. cop. <laughs> oh. oh! Although my wife and daughters oh. love donuts. Actually, my youngest was on the table eating the gingerbread house that we made the last one that night. comes from As wally world that's like do. six months old how old is that little dumpling eight uh it should be two in january so well, i mean uh, you know did she like months? it because i always wonder uh, how that stuff tastes kept eating it so i assume she did. it usually tastes like cardboard so you de- tested it yes i don't know it had ice in it. were you adult. that kid were you no, that kid i was that adult <laughs> you just walk by you take a little bit of the roof I'm, and you dip I'm, it in the icing is it worth it to just create your own gingerbread and then put a house together so that you could eat it because you'd know then that the gingerbread was delicious? Can you cook gingerbread? Well, I can cook. Hey, Champ's on hold Do you right want now. me to make you his gingerbread Champ, cookies? Champ, I think you can make us attorney a for uh, I'll make Coleman you some for next week. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Champ okay. Cocker is district attorney for Coleman County. So Scott Beeson. Okay. Can you please turn um, I think it's Mr. His. Fancy's microphone up? But well, we're having requests to turn him up, but I think it's because he's on his phone and he's not looking in the microphone. He's not talking into the microphone. So we beseech you, as your sisters in Christ, Hello? if you could please uh, look at the microphone, sir. He's like having yeah. a child. Like, yeah, I there you go. Take care of him. All right, so we've got some things going on. You have things going on. Um, we have questions after this to answer about questions our listeners have about areas around Alabama and if yep. human trafficking is happening. But... First, let's let, I know Champ Crocker's on hold. He's the district attorney for Coleman County. We just did an operation with him in October. He's really setting some precedent. Um, and so let's let him talk to talk about what they did in Coleman County and how we went about doing it. So, um, all right, let's do that. Sky, can you get Champ on? Yeah, sure. Um, let's, let's. Uh... He said he's on hold. Uh, but in short, while they're waiting to get Champ on, uh, Human trafficking is, uh, or is he putting him yeah, on? Yeah, he's on. Let's oh, go. Okay. Right. Champ, welcome to the program. We appreciate you calling. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got Jared in, and I know you know that, and, and we usually get him in every few months, and we talk um, some of the things he's involved in. We're trying to really help with this cracking down on human trafficking, and we know you're doing some good work up there in Coleman County. So uh, just give us a little idea of what you can say of what's been going on I know that sometimes uh, you guys are limited in what you can talk about because of prosecutions, et cetera. But uh, so kind of what has happened in Coleman County? Well, this this started a few months ago when we were um, we were approached by the uh, Coleman Police Department about taking part in this operation with uh, Jared's group, Covenant Rescue. And I didn't hesitate one bit. I said, yes, we need to do this. And the operation started, uh, or the planning for the operation started. There was numerous uh, briefings with the uh, police department. I was 100% impressed with Jared and, and his entire 
uh, crew with the way they went about this. They have a proven track record of, of not just around the state and the country, but around the world of, of, of doing this kind of thing. So it was it was an honor for us to work uh, with them. And so um, Assistant District Attorney Nathan Brock and I were the uh, primary prosecutors involved in, in this operation. And over the course of uh, two nights, well, we arrested eight individuals who had traveled to the location uh, to to meet who they thought was a, a minor child for sexual purposes. Mm. So Goodness gracious. When, when the sheriff's office comes to you, what are they saying? They, they have been tracking these people. How do they know about these people? Is there a big ring of people or is it just individuals maybe that are loosely connected just through an app they're after the same child like what what does it look like so there was uh, an ad posted online uh, and there there are there are websites where people go for uh, the purposes of, of meeting other people for for sex and people ask me well is this on the dark web no this is not on the dark web this is on your cell phone uh, mm -hmm. prostitution uh, websites uh, where people meet up and, and it, it started out there and then uh, and then from there there would be contact between the uh, the individuals uh, seeking sex and who they thought was a was a minor and um, uh, and and then uh, the the, um, the 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 meetup or the planned meetup would would go uh, would, would would go would go from there. Well, obviously, prostitution is illegal, but <sighs> let's see, looking for sex for children is especially illegal. So, so are there code words, or how do they know that they are contacting? You know, I, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. It, uh, if, if that's okay, because I can really break that down. That's what we help agencies and places like uh, the district attorney's office in Coleman and then in, in Montgomery where we were last week. Uh, that's what we help them navigate because a lot of times it's a little bit different depending on the area you're in. But Champ, do you mind sharing with how we use legislation in this state, the Anaz law? I, I don't know how much you can or can't share with what we recently just finished up. Do you mind sharing some of the precedent that at least you're uh, agency, what uh, Coleman PD and, um, and and your office, the district attorney's office, were able to set based on this last operation. Uh, yes, and and, uh, and I will just say say two things um, uh, in the context of this is is there are some things that some limitations on what we can talk about due to the rules of professional conduct, but I want to take this opportunity to really brag on the teams of police who. Uh, came out and assisted uh, with with this operation. It, it was uh, very involved, and they did they did an outstanding job. Uh, as far as uh, some of the things we were able to to accomplish, um, about a year ago, a new law went into effect uh, in Alabama called Anaya's Law. Anaya's Law was named after Anaya Blanchard, and it was uh, ratified by the voters uh, in the 2022 general election. And what Anaya's law does is it gives judges the authority or the discretion to hold certain offenders without bail pending trial. That has always been the case in capital murder uh, prosecutions, but Anaya's law expanded um, that list of crimes which can be non-bailable to, uh, to 
murder, uh, just straight murder to uh, things like rape and robbery, and also human trafficking, uh, first degree. Some of the cases in this operation, not all, but some were charged with human trafficking, uh, first degree. And, and as a result of that, uh, Anaya's law was invoked in, in some of those cases. And, and there are offenders who were, who were ordered by a judge to be held without bond, uh, pending, um, pending trial in their cases. Can I ask a technical question about that? Because I remember this, um, amendment being on the ballot, and one of the concerns was that if you can just start, if you can just begin to up and hold people because of an accusation, that opens the door of you just being accused of things without due process. How do you decide who, you know, as a judge, how do you decide who you hold without bail and who you don't? What are the safeguards well, in there? Well, in terms of due process, there is, there has to be a hearing in court within 72 hours okay. of, of, of arrest. So people are not just rounded up and, and held without seeing a judge, without having a lawyer, without without having rights. And so uh, we, have, we have had, uh, in the last year since we've been in office, we have handled dozens of Anaya's Law hearings. And, and not all of them are cases where a, a judge has ordered someone held without bail. We have had other cases where uh, a judge says, no, I'm not going to hold this person without bail, but I'm going to impose other restrictions, like an ankle monitor, like a okay. curfew, yes. uh, other other things that, that, that I think we're getting in cases as a result of having a nice law. Uh, we're, we're able to get uh, restrictions for the safety of the public uh, with, with these offenders who, who commit some of these offenses. Gotcha. That makes sense. Well, Champ, man, thank you so much for, for calling. I was on the radio today, and I wanted you to get your piece in there about what y'all did in, in Coleman. And just so everybody that's hearing this can understand, uh, obviously you know how we operate on, on case law or case precedent a lot of times. And uh, they are setting precedent. They set some precedent that we were able to utilize in the recent op in Montgomery County for the DA's office to use there, mm. all because of what Champ and his team were willing to do mm. on the prosecutorial side in Coleman, because again, these are all relatively new laws. This is a thing that isn't normally targeted, especially child exploitation or the human trafficking of children um, or the trafficking of children. So uh, his team, that's why I thought he would be important to call mm -hmm. because they're probably, and Champ, tell us if we're wrong, I think y'all are the first team to really go forward with this in the way we use it. Am I correct? As, as, as far as I know, yes, Jared. And, and I would just say that this would not be possible without the work of, uh, of you and Covenant Rescue, without the Cullen Police Department, without the, the staff here at the DA's office. Uh, we're, we're certainly glad uh, we took part in this operation. We feel like Cullen County is a little bit safer as a result. DA Crocker, we appreciate you, brother. And uh, y'all keep up the good work up there in Coleman. All right, y'all too. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much. That okay. was, that was, I learned a lot. Um, that's good information. A little technical, but I, I think it's important that precedence is, I, I mean, we've learned that over the years of, as court cases and things get a little squishy, they are relying on that more and more. So, um, so Jared, what the Montgomery 
Well, what do you want to go to next? Because well, let's, let's we'll get him up after the break. We only have two minutes here, and then we'll get yeah we our, our next Mon- person. Montgomery Montgomery County DA's office. Actually, he's not not the not the DA, but his uh, one of his deputies are going to call and talk with us about their case because the important thing for us to know is because these cases are still ongoing. Um, we have to be careful what we do and we don't say, and I don't want to mess up the prosecution of a case because our goal as Covenant Rescue Group is not just to train and work with the local law enforcement agency to teach them how to make these appropriate arrests, but also how to make a prosecutable case because the problem you run into, especially with a lot of NGOs or nonprofits, is they go in. I have the benefit of being a you know, state federal law enforcement officer, uh, and most of our team is, and most of our board members are. With that being said, a lot of nonprofits go in, uh, they're like a chicken. They scratch around and crap on everything, then they leave, and you don't have a prosecutable case. So you've essentially done nothing. You've actually made it harder to do anything. And these vigilante groups that want to put a phone in somebody's face, oh, you're showing up for a kid. Uh, symbolism without substance. You're not doing anything, you know. So um, that's our goal. So that's why I, w- I, I would like the Montgomery County DA to mm-hmm. also talk as well on this recent case. He can say what he wants to because y'all have talked about the Montgomery case. Right. And I think that would be appropriate for the next thing. Okay. Well, oh, that's the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted fun. to finish. I wanted to ask you about the code words. Or like, how do you know? At, yeah, we'll just, do that on the yeah, other side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, profile. We got to take a break. Jared Hudson is with us talking uh, human trafficking, the efforts being made by DAs across the state. Cole McCanny was on a minute ago. Montgomery will be on in just a few minutes after the break. And uh, we hope you'll stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I appreciate you listening. The um, Jared Hudson is with us, and we're talking human trafficking, exploitation, et cetera. We had the district attorney, Crocker, from uh, Coleman. And uh, let's go ahead and get to I know all these folks are really busy. We've got Ben Magoo calling out of the district attorney's office in Montgomery. Ben, welcome to the program. I don't think he's on. Oh, is he not on? I think he's answering the phone right now. Okay, Sky may have him. Yeah. All right, I got you. I thought he was listening to music. He's, he texts uh, me, he says, I'm on the phone. He's ready now. Oh, he's in the, in the whole cycle. Yeah, cool. Ben, All welcome right. to the program. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio, and we appreciate you taking some time with us. Jared Hudson is in the studio with us, and um, we appreciate the work you're doing. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity. Yes, sir. Hey, brother, uh, I just wanted y'all to talk about specifically, because a lot of people have been asking about the, the Montgomery County operation, and... Uh, uh, talk with Mr. Bailey this morning. I know he can't be on, but just just share with us what you can share about this recent operation we conducted with y'all, the Marshal Service, Montgomery Sheriff's Office, the PD, and all the players involved, and and what y'all are doing as a prosecutor's office, and then also what we charged these individuals with as they were showing up to, to buy kids for sex. For sure, uh, we got contacted with by the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office was our first contact. And they had been working with the Covenant Rescue Group that has was getting this thing together, and they go all over the country, is my understanding, doing this type of stuff. And through the planning and all of the operation, we got the, the sheriff's office, the city police, the marshals, the Covenant Rescue Group. We had representatives from our office there at the hotel while they were conducting this thing. And, uh, you know, it, it really played out like the show To Catch a Predator, if anybody's ever watched that, where... We posted these ads online, and it's, uh, you know, we have to make sure that we're not uh, committing any kind of act that would give the defense a defendant the defense of entrapment. The government can't go out and entice you to do a thing and then charge you with that conduct. So there's certain things you have to do, and, and the way you get around that is we just 
put the ad out there and wait on them to contact our folks. And these these people have this predilection, and they find these sites, and they find these ads, and I guess they can't help themselves. And they contacted the ad, and they had uh, the female undercover people who were chatting with them and sending them pictures and getting them in there. And we had 15 people show up and at the hotel with money and uh, uh, different items that they were instructed to bring, and they showed up, and that's how the, the charges came about. And before we get too far into it or talk too much about the charges, I am required by law and want to say that all of these people that were charged are presumed innocent, and they remain presumed innocent until they're proven guilty by either a jury or they come in and plead guilty. But um, you know, I'm happy to share as much as I can about the operation, but I did want to put that out there. No, that's that's perfect, man. And you covered. And we had Champ with uh, Coleman County. I know he's good friends with with Mr. Bailey. He was talking about a, a recent operation that you know we've already uh, gone to grand jury on and everything. So he was able to talk uh, a little more openly about that. Uh, so we appreciate you saying that because again, that's uh, that's why I like calling y'all if I'm ever, especially on a radio live, because we got to make sure the prosecution is important. So a quick question I want to ask for you that, that you'll be able to answer. There's been a lot of word, and I've been getting a lot as the uh, the CEO of Covenant Rescue Group, hey, there's some massive, you know, underground child trafficking ring in Montgomery that's going on. Can, can we go ahead and, and you tell us that, that we can put a knife in that, at least with what we've done here? Not saying that there's nef not nefarious people out there, but that's not at all what we're looking at, and nobody knows of anything or any kingpins that, that have not been knocked off or anything like that. As far as I know, there's no nothing like that going on. Of course, this kind of stuff goes on everywhere, I'm sure. And uh, but as far as, as we're aware, there's not a Montgomery is not a, a hub of this type of activity. But it is nice to have folks like the Covenant Rescue Group come in and and pull these folks out of the shadows. You know, they're on the dark web and they hide in the shadows. Nobody gets out and advertises that they're doing this type of thing. But inasmuch as there is a group of people in Montgomery County who are interested in this type of activity because of the work done by our law enforcement partners and the Covenant Rescue Group, there's at least 15 people now who would have, might have done that this weekend who most of them are still in jail but hadn't been able to make bonds, so they can't get out and do it. So whatever population of these people there is in Montgomery because of this operation, there's a few fewer of them. So the, for the folks in our county, at least, are a little bit safer tonight. And anywhere that the Covenant Rescue Group goes and they do these operations, I think you'll have the same success there. So is it is it one of those things as you, as you bring in and start building the case against these 15 men that were from all different backgrounds, it looked like, is the is the hope that you connect the dots to maybe other people involved? Does that usually happen, or is it usually just a, a case by case? You know, were, were these fifteen individuals? Are you seeing that they're connected at all, or it's just kind of individuals out there that are on these websites looking for children? And then my other question is, if if they carry through with the act that they uh, supposedly came to carry out. Is the girl, are the girls, boys just returned to the streets? Like, how does that work out? Jared, maybe you answer that more. I don't know. Well, no, yeah, I, I can talk about that more maybe in the in the next segment or once we're we're done with uh, 
the district attorney's office here because that's uh, it's going to be a case-by-case, case, but also a place-by-place place basis. It's going to look different in Montgomery than it is in Coleman. So I, I just want to say, um, uh, Ben, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just want to say thank you for, for coming on. Is there anything else you'd like to say to everybody, you know, with, with what y'all ran with? I know you can't talk about much because the operation is just two days old or three days old. Yeah, it's still an, an ongoing investigation. We, we're still having some meetings about uh, what we're going to do with the case. And, and I think you asked earlier, and I failed to get around to answering. I can tell you what we charged these people with. Again, they are presumed innocent. But all the 15 of them were charged with traveling to meet a child for a sex act. And uh, the way that statute works, is most people, if you just think about it, you think, okay, that means somebody from another state is traveling here. But the way the law in Alabama is set up, if you travel from anywhere, from your house to the hotel, even if it's in the same county, you can be tried or charged and convicted of traveling to meet a child for a sex act. And that offense is a... Um, I think that's a Class A felony, if I remember right. And then we've also charged them with electronic solicitation of a child. Yes, traveling is a Class A felony. Electronic solicitation of a child is when you're using some form of electronic communication, be it text message, telephone call, Snapchat, whatever it is, to entice a child to engage in a sex act. That's a Class B felony. And then we've charged them with attempted human trafficking in the first degree. The way the human trafficking in the first degree statute reads there has to be a completed act to charge the actual offense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. They have a defense of impossibility because they, if they had showed up with the ones that showed up. Thank you, Ben. We got to take a break, brother. Appreciate Thank you, you so time. Much. Appreciate you we'll be back. Appreciate y'all. Welcome back into the program, everybody. Alabama Unfiltered Radio. Don't forget our friends over at 1819 News. Check out 1819news.com, sign up for the newsletter, sign up for the daily detail, and while you're there, consider joining the fight, consider being a team member, and support the work they are doing. It is nonprofit journalism that represents your values. Become an 1819 News member today. Jared Hudson is with us. We've had, uh, what is it, D.A. Crocker from Coleman and uh, Ben Magoo from the District Attorney's Office in Montgomery, Alabama, talking about what both of those counties have done recently when it comes to human trafficking and jared you were saying something off the air that i think some people don't necessarily understand i didn't understand from your experience and i guess it's from the definition of what human trafficking really is in the law federally and in the state um when it comes to children that is always human trafficking because they can't give consent and yep. and that is always that but you said something interesting about prostitution. A lot of people say, well, that's got to be human trafficking. The, the, all, all these, these women wouldn't be doing this just because they want to. But is that human trafficking? I mean, in your experience, I guess it theoretically can be. Yeah, no, it can't. You know, so the, the way we say it, and I think the, the, Mar- the U.S. Marshal's chief from Middle District of Alabama, he, he actually said this in his statement the other day on the, on the operation from Montgomery County. It's the reason the Marshal Service doesn't, you know, deal with prostitution because they have they have to have a child nexus in order for the Marshal Service mm-hmm. to deal with it okay. on the federal level. Okay. So there, there's a lot of different things from different agencies they have to deal with, but uh, all prostitution is not human trafficking. And I will piss some people off saying that I've, I've done it before, but I don't really care because we do this on a regular basis. 
All prostitution is not human trafficking. Don't care what anybody tells you. Don't care what organization they come from, what federal agency, what government government agency they come from. That is not true. However, you do find human trafficking in prostitution sometimes. Mm. All child exploitation, by the definition of human trafficking, you just gave the, the reason behind it because of mainly consent, but all child exploitation... Uh, is human trafficking, by the definition, if you look up human trafficking, uh, number one. But number two, also what is in the state and the federal code. It is human trafficking uh, as it's related to the state and federal code. So I'll give Alabama state code, which they talked about for a little bit. I think it's 13A6152, human trafficking one in the state of Alabama. And any time it deals with a child... You're going to catch that code if you follow the certain statutes of that law. Uh, you can follow the statutes of that law and it be an adult, and you still might not get human trafficking. But the other problem with it is, is it's also not the the wording in the law. Like it might be the law. Hey, this is human trafficking. It might be that, but you've got to have a jury that agrees with that too. And that's another problem you run into. And you got to have an agency that's willing to prosecute. All prostitution is a misdemeanor charge. So, you know, you're not, it's not a lot of weight. You know, there's not a lot of weight there. Generally speaking, what we found is most women, and, and I won't give his name. He got his head bitten off when he said this before, but he's a doctor. He runs human trafficking program out of University of Alabama, and he told me this specifically. He said, all of the data we run on women being sold or selling themselves, we've never found one. That's what he told me. We've never found one who's being sold by somebody, um, which would meet the definition of, of human trafficking for an uh, adult person or an other person. They're in the. They're doing the work by choice. Everybody, kind of. everybody, we run into. We run rescues. We'll run a rescue here soon, actually, before Christmas. Um, and I'll give you all the stats from that. But I can tell you, all the rescues we've run, we have never met anybody being sold. And I'll have ladies argue with me. Oh no, they're all being sold. They're, no, I'm just telling you. We ask the ladies. We go into the room with them. Uh, with a camera running. And we'll ask them, hey, why, why are you doing this? I mean, how else can I make $1,500 a night? That was one of the answers I got. I've got it on camera. That's exactly what the lady said. So, and she has kids. Mm. She works a semi-normal job. The example I like to give, because now we see it, look at OnlyFans. Look at these teachers that are getting, you know, booted from school. But you know how much they're making on, is it, is it OnlyFans or fans only? OnlyFans, only yeah. Um, Allison would know. Allison knows. Only Look at, yeah, there you go. That's right. Um, look at OnlyFans. These ladies are leaving their forty, fifty, six thousand dollars a year job as a school teacher um, because they're making millions on OnlyFans. Is that a crime? I mean, that's, that's basically what prostitution is. These ladies are saying the same thing. I mean, and they're not being sold by anybody. They're willingly doing that, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, with that being said, uh, you know, it's not that, Human trafficking can't be found in prostitution. Uh, It's just that it's always found in child exploitation, which is why we specifically target those who are going uh, after children. And and the reason that's important is because those individuals, they're targeting kids, and that helps you find those guys who are selling kids. That's the the other thing. So once you kind of get in the belly of the beast, you can then cut its heart out from the, you know, from the, from the inside out. That's what you're trying to do. Well, the way you get in the belly of the beast is you find these individuals who are buying because that's going to take you to those who are selling. You infiltrate the consumer to find the supplier. That's kind of a, 
uh, a, a good way of putting it. Well, I think that's helpful because I think people around are saying, well, there are certain places in Montgomery or there are certain places perhaps in Birmingham that we think we're seeing human trafficking or we think that there's these big rings. And so I think it's helpful for you to tell us what you're actually seeing because you're out there. Yeah, and it, and it's and they are seeing they might see a prostitution ring, and most of the time on the government side, they say, "Oh, we broke up this human trafficking ring." It's a prostitution ring, mm. which kills the district attorney's offices, and it's really uh, it, it's um, symbolism without substance for the agency because they spend a lot of money mm-hmm. to go knock out a prostitution ring, and what they generally do is they have a misdemeanor prostitution charge, which mm-hmm. is their probable cause for. Maybe a felon with a gun, you know, certain persons forbidden or, you know, uh, UPOX or whatever charge they might be able to get after. We're not doing that. That's a waste of time. What we're doing is we're building a felony case on the front end. Our probable cause is them reaching out to us on the phone and us making sure that they know that they're showing up to meet a child. Mm-hmm. Whether it's somebody we're selling the child or whether the child's selling themselves. Um, either way... There's a felony case, and the two felonies that he mentioned, the A and the B felony, traveling to meet a minor for sex and solicitation of a minor with electronic device, um, those are your A and B felonies. And then you have human trafficking one uh, in the state of Alabama, which is an A felony, and I believe the attempt makes it a B felony. The reason human trafficking is important is because anything tied to human trafficking, they can get in a Nas Law hearing. That's what uh, 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 D.A. Champ was talking about, right? Um so there's there's that end, but on the other side, it also helps with keeping these individuals from just being able to bond out on like a $20,000 property bond or something like that, uh, because we do have good judges in this state, even if they don't believe what you believe, in, and when they see that, they want, they're like, hang on a second, this guy was showing up to buy kids? Mm-hmm. On the other side of it, I know we just got a minute before we go, or a minute and a half, it helps us get into that area of society and find the individuals who are developing child porn, selling child porn, uh, mm-hmm. distributing it, you know, producing it, all that. We, we arrested a guy, I think two years ago now. Um, long story short, we wouldn't have known he was showing up uh, for a 14-year-old girl, I believe. If I, I don't remember the profile exactly right, but I believe it was 14. We wouldn't have been able to find him had it not been for that operation. And he had, when we got the warrant, dumped, you know, ripped his phone, he had child porn all over his phone. That's what got the federal side involved and the, the U.S. attorney involved. And he's been sentenced now, but um, he was having sex with his 18-month-old daughter. Oh, making videos oh, oh, and his oh, wife oh, didn't God. know it. Oh. His wife didn't know it. So that is that is where you're finding things. It's not, it's not like a sex ring where people are being sold, especially with kids. It's it's oftentimes hidden. You know, y'all just had the thing but going on with that freaking pastor I mean, out I there. I think that's why... That off himself out there in uh, out in East Alabama or whatever. I think, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. look at all that's tied to it's all secret till stuff started coming out. So mm. it's the same thing. That's mm. how we're finding these secrets. Yeah. Not all of them are into you know into right. kids in that way, but you find those that are really into yeah. this sick, really little kid mm. stuff. Mm. Not that fourteen or fifteen is fine, but you use that. It's a felony charge to get those even heavier things. If that makes sense. Got it. Jared Hudson has been our guest. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Alabama Unfiltered.